Hello, and welcome to the latest Bamboo Works China Business Podcast Series, where we look at the latest topics affecting overseas-listed China concept stocks. This week, we kick off a series looking at the landmark information sharing deal announced by the U.S. and Chinese stock regulators in late August. I'm Bamboo Works editor in chief and longtime China stock watcher Doug Young. This week, I'm taking questions from veteran financial services professional Tian Yuxie. Welcome to the show, Tian. Thanks, Doug. Nice to be here. So, can you give us the basics of the deal and how it will work based on what's been released so far? Yeah, sure.、Um, there hasn't been a, a whole lot released so far, and I think、uh, this deal is probably very much a work in progress. But、um, the idea is that the U.S. Uh, public Company Oversight Accounting Board, which、uh, everyone calls by their、uh, short name PCAOB, is going to be able to come and and review the audit papers of publicly listed Chinese companies. And so far, what they've said is that the PCAOB will be able to do all of this in Hong Kong, is where they're looking at so far, and. The PCAOB and then the China Securities Regulator, which is the China Securities Regulatory Commission,、uh, will both sit down with the auditor and I believe the company itself.、Um, so they'll all get together at a table somewhere in Hong Kong, and you know, basically, the PCAOB wants to be able to see the auditor's papers because right now all they can see is. The financials that the companies themselves provide, but they have no way to sort of see how those numbers were come by. And then you know the auditors are supposed to be, you know, asking questions like when they see suspicious things or stuff they're not sure about.、Uh, and this way, you know, the auditors when they're finished、uh, looking at the reports, they officially sign off and say we, you know, we have confidence that these numbers are, are accurate. So this way, the PCAOB will be able to sit down at the table and and you know look at how the auditors scrutinize the numbers, where they may have had any questions,、uh, how the companies responded to those questions, and so forth.、Um, and again, this all has to happen while China, the China Securities Regulators, they're watching, and I think that's probably in case they think there's any. Sort of、uh, inappropriate questions being asked,、uh, and one of the big concerns here is is also data security. So they'll be looking, you know, to see if they think there's any sensitive data, you know, about people's whereabouts or you know、uh, maybe per- particular industry patterns and that sort of thing in there.、Um, so you know, in in theory, it all sounds pretty good. Um, they are gonna get started on this right away, and there's gonna be a, a review period, I guess, of about two or three months. And at the end of the year, the SEC or the PCAOB will make a final determination on how they think the deal is working, what they think needs to be changed, and, and so on.
Isn't one of the challenges with this approach that, um, first of all, the information has to go to Hong Kong, and secondly, that information may be beyond the reach of the Chinese regulator, securities regulator, and that other ministries or other regulatory bodies may be involved in granting approval of this information to be released out of China in the first place? Well, you're right. I, I think there's just lots of problems and, and kinks that are going to pop up uh, in this whole process. Ideally, you know, it really should be that the SEC or the PCAOB uh, should travel to the auditor's office where the audits were conducted, you know, in the, in the city where the audit was conducted, because that's where all the papers are going to be. You know, uh, you can't exactly ship your entire, you know, all your records down to Hong Kong. I mean, you know, maybe they'll be able to do it electronically uh, from the source destination for each each company that's being audited. But, you know, they've, they've picked Hong Kong as a, a middle ground to do all this. You know, maybe some of that has to do with uh, China's current, you know, uh, what do you call it, the pandemic control. I mean, right now, China, anybody coming to China has to be in quarantine for 10 days. So given that we've got a three-month uh, review period for this deal, if, if you know every time they want to do a review, they've got to quarantine for 10 days, uh, that's going to really slow things down. You know, whereas Hong Kong is, is a bit more open. They're down to a three-day quarantine period. Um, so, you know, it's not to say that maybe these won't move to China eventually, um, in terms of, you know, data security and, and security oversight by other regulators, I think basically uh, what's happened is the CSRC is going to be coordinating with those agencies because all these companies have all kinds of data. Uh, but, you know, it's not like one of the regulators, like the cybersecurity regulator or whatever, the transport ministry physically possess this data. It's all possessed by the company. So I think the CSRC is going to be a sort of gatekeeper uh, that will raise concerns when appropriate uh, to the, you know, to the relevant regulatory agency. So for example, if uh, the PBAOC is, is requesting data from uh, Alibaba and uh, the CSRC thinks it might be sensitive, then maybe they would go to the Ministry of Commerce and say, hey, uh, the PBAOC wants this data. You know, are you okay if, if we give it to the or if we let the PBAOC look at it? So I think the CSRC will be, you know, a, a sort of gatekeeper in all of this uh, because you can't really have every single regulatory agency participating in this process, or it'll, you know, it'll just grind to a halt. And that's that's one sure way to make sure the deal collapses. So this was a pretty big step forward, but at the same time, there's still issues to be resolved. So how did the stocks react after this initial announcement? And um, what other developments have there been since? Well, it was interesting. Uh, word of the announcement, or sorry, word of the deal got out in, it was a day before the actual announcement. And it was very underwhelming in terms of, uh, you know, anyone who was expecting a big uh, euphoria in the stock reactions uh, would have been disappointed. I think a lot of stocks were up, I think they were all up around 3 to 
uh, which, you know, I guess it would have been worse if the stocks had gone down. In the days after that, they, they really haven't done much. And we've started to see, actually, it's, it's a interesting, a little bit of a decoupling, which is, is probably an encouraging sign. And by decoupling, I mean that uh, stocks are starting to behave again in terms of company-specific issues. What we saw probably for a lot of this year was that the stocks were really all moving in lockstep, regardless of, you know, if a company reported, you know, smashing earnings or, or terrible earnings, it didn't really matter because a lot of this, you know, everyone was all worried about delisting. So the China stocks as a group were sort of all trading the same regardless. And, and now, you know, we've, we've just wrapped up the second quarter earnings season and we are seeing the stocks start to, you know, move a little bit independently again, uh, rather than just as, as a big group. So um, I think the, the bottom line is there's some relief. Uh, I think people were probably expecting this deal was going to come, which is maybe why we didn't see the rally quite as big as some people may have liked. Um, and I think, you know, there's still a heavy degree of, of skepticism in the in the market. You know, is this really going to work? Uh, you know, there's just lots of potential for issues, you know, and they're doing something very new. Uh, and, you know, they've, they've given this this three month period. Yeah, about three months, I guess, uh, till December to give an update. So. Then in terms of what's what's happened since the deal was announced, uh, Reuters came out with a report, which nobody's confirmed, but sounds like it's probably credible, uh, which is saying that uh, the P PCAOB has picked Alibaba, JD.com, and Yum China to be the first three companies to uh, get this new scrutiny under under the deal. So probably even as we speak, maybe some uh, PCAOB people are, are on an airplane right now headed for Hong Kong. And uh, these, you know, these three companies, they're uh, Alibaba and JD are the biggest uh, e-commerce companies. And then Yum China is the parent of KFC and um, Pizza Hut in China. So these are Big companies, they're probably of the most interest to the PCAOB because they are so big and you know, so many U.S. funds and you know investors invest in these stocks. So that's probably why they're interested in seeing them. But then, you know, at the same time, uh, they should be among the more professional, you know, of the Chinese companies. So I would think they probably would be the least likely to have any accounting issues, which is what the PCAOB wants to look at. Okay. So I understand that this isn't the first time that the US and China have tried to do such a deal. Can you give us a little history on previous efforts and what happened ultimately and why they didn't move forward? Yeah, I mean this this deal. A lot of people think it's it's new, uh, but the fact of the matter is is this is the third time. So uh, I, I like to say, you know, uh, maybe maybe the third time will finally be the charm in this case. Uh, 
this whole thing goes back. I mean, just give like a real nutshell history here. Uh, the Chinese companies first started listing in the U.S. back around the year 2000. Um, and that's really when China's first Internet companies started emerging. And for various reasons, they couldn't list in China. Uh, at that time, China was really focused on big state-owned enterprises, you know, on their stock exchanges. And these these startups were all losing money, which is another reason China wouldn't take them onto their main stock exchanges. So uh, for all those reasons, they, they all started going to the U.S. And a lot of them were backed by uh, foreign venture capital, private equity. So, uh, you know, these people all had connections to these foreign stock exchanges uh, or the U.S. stock exchanges. So that's uh, around 2000. Then we fa if we fast forward to around 2011 or 12, there were a bunch of uh, sort of pretty high profile accounting scandals where these, these companies uh, became sort of targets for short sellers because you know, their accounting records were impossible to attain. A lot of their stuff was very difficult to confirm because all their business was in China, where there weren't a lot of analysts physically located and nobody to sort of really, you know, who could check up on their stuff very well. And I think this was the, the time when the SEC and the PCAOB said, all right, we've got to have access to the, you know, we have to have better access to these guys when these accounting scandals or when questions about their accounting come up. And that's when they started talking about doing, you know, some sort of a, a deal with the Chinese securities regulator. So uh, they did. They actually reached a deal in 2013, a, a year later, that was supposed to give the U.S. securities regulator better access to these Chinese companies. And I actually remember at that time one of the big issues was, you know, China was doing everything sort of retroactively. So it was only like after, you know, this, these huge scandals had been uncovered, they were saying, okay, now you can look at their books. But it's like, you know, the SEC wants to go in when they suspect things before the case, you know, because the idea is to try to prevent these things from happening. So that deal didn't really work out. And then there was another deal. And, you know, the real issue behind both of these uh, deals was they didn't really have, you know, there was nothing menacing uh, for the Chinese companies. If the Chinese regulator didn't give the access that the U.S. wanted, there was no real consequences for the Chinese companies. So what's, what's different this time around is uh, at the end of 2020, so a little more than two years ago, the U.S. signed into law, you know, because this was a real vexing issue, you know, not only for the SEC, the U.S. securities regulators, but politicians. I mean, the, the U.S.-China tensions were heating up, of course. Um, but, you know, it's a real legitimate concern. There was another scandal in the headlines in early 20 with this uh, chain called Luckin, <laughs> which, again, you know, was discovered to have fabricated hundreds of millions of dollars in sales. So at the end of 2020, the uh, U.S. passed this law called the Holding Foreign Companies Accountable Act, which basically said, we're going to give China three years. So at the time, it was 2020. So that would mean till around next year to, you know, to give the access that we want to the uh, Chinese companies. 
Otherwise, we're going to delist them. So suddenly there's a, uh, a very specific threat hanging over the Chinese companies' heads. And that's sort of what's given, you know, not sort of, that is what's given urgency to uh, doing this new deal. And everyone is worried that if uh, this deal doesn't work out, the SEC doesn't say we're satisfied, uh, you know, all these, there's, there's more than 200 Chinese companies now listed in the U.S., and some or all of them could ultimately be, you know, forced off uh, the NASDAQ and New York Stock Exchange. So given that very extended history um, in, of dialogue uh, and with the recent U.S.-China tensions sort of ratcheting up another notch, um, how would you handle this latest um, deal uh, chances of success? Well, I think there's going to be lots of challenges. I mean, you know, there's some of the things I've already talked about. Uh, one being, you know, you've got all these different Chinese regulators involved uh, that could that could sideline side it. Uh, the fact that Hong Kong could pose, you know, some challenges. Um, I think there are two other things, too, if you look at the language of the actual deal, two other things that uh, sort of stick out in my mind. Uh, one is the, the Chinese side has really emphasized the whole idea of reciprocity. And I think, you know, this is, uh, you know, because essentially the U.S. is forcing this deal on China, uh, saying, you know, you've got to give us this access or, or we're not going to let your companies continue to be listed in New York. And, and in the wording from the Chinese statement, they're saying, well, fine, uh, we'll give you access to our companies, but this has got to be reciprocal. If you want to come look at our companies, if we have reason to want to look at some of your companies or say uh, we want to look in, into uh, the, the books for Chinese companies, U.S. operations. And a, a real good example of that would be, say, um, ByteDance, which owns Douyin and, and TikTok, which a lot of our listeners will probably know. You know, China says, well, we want to look into the, the accounting records of TikTok, and they happen to be in the U.S., so show us those records. I could see the U.S., maybe not wanting to reciprocate uh, quite that easily on some of these things. Because, you know, the, the, the standards, I think, for getting that kind of access are, are maybe the different sides understand things differently. In the U.S., there's a very strong culture of you have to provide, you know, sufficient evidence for why you should be able to see this company's records before you actually get access Whereas in China, they don't have that real uh, system in place of, you know, having to convince a judge before you can get something. They, they just say, well, we want this. And they believe they should be able to get it. So uh, I, I think that's uh, potentially going to be a big sticking point. You know, China will give the U.S. what it wants, you know, in the early stages of this. But at some point. China will probably go to the U.S. and say, well, we want to see this company's information. And the U.S. will say, well, we're not authorized to give that to you. Or why, you know, 
why do you want to see it? And, and China will say, well, because we have this reciprocal agreement and things could bog down at that point. Uh, one other issue, too, is the U.S. has emphasized a lot in their statements that this is, you know, it's, it's early days for this deal. Yeah. Um, this is just a first stage. They've said that several times in their uh, in their statements. So I think they're highly skeptical. Uh, but, you know, they they've reached this agreement in principle. Um, and so now. You know they're they're going to give it till the end of the year and, and sort of see and I think to be honest if we see the uh, SEC and PCAOB give a thumbs up at the end of the year we could probably see a much bigger stock rally then because that's sort of the official green light that that they think it's working so. You know, I think we need to to stay tuned probably to the end of the year and and see what happens. And if I were handicapping, I would probably say, I would say there's, I I think China really wants this to happen. So I would say there's probably a better than 50% chance of success. And I I think the U.S. wants it to happen too, because, you know, these these stocks are, are pretty interesting companies. They're popular with U.S. investors. So if I were handicapping, I'd say maybe 60 to 70 percent chance of success. So it sounds positive, not a not a resounding endorsement, but certainly something that we have to keep an eye on for the next couple of months. Yeah, I would say, you know, let's I think we'll probably get some signals coming out. I mean, uh, you know, Hong Kong, uh, this is all going to be happening in Hong Kong. Uh, there's extreme intense interest in what's going on. Uh, so I do imagine, you know, we'll probably see occasional leaks coming out here and there. And uh, maybe maybe the Hong Kong press will break some news and, and foreign media are all pretty well represented in Hong Kong as well. Um, and, then, you know, at the same time, uh, the SEC and, and China have both been quite leaky <laughs> in terms of uh, in terms of uh, talking to to foreign media. So yeah, we'll have to stay tuned. But I I do expect we'll probably see a few signals along the way. Great. Well, thank you very much, Doug, for that uh, interesting discussion on these uh, latest developments between. U.S. and China on the listings of the many Chinese companies in the U.S. Okay. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for uh, talking to me, Tanya, and uh, I'm sure there'll be lots more to come. Thanks. Yep. Okay. Bye. Okay. Okay.